This is the Red Debate. It's Chris here as usual, and I'm joined by Ollie and Tom Vergesi. Hello, gents. And the Reds are fresh off the back of a 3-0 win at Leeds. Obviously, the result was marred by the horrible injury to Harvey Elliott. Um, I'm sure all Liverpool fans watched on in horror, as as did I. Um, but it kind of overshadowed what was a fantastic performance. So in our 15-minute debate episode, Tom and Ollie are going to share their thoughts on the key talking points of the game and Leeds in general. I think... Um, a lot of people expected it to be a tough game. Leads away with, you know, Ellen Road absolutely bouncing is is not an easy place to go. But it was uh, extremely positive performance. And in all aspects of the game, we absolutely dominated. So, Tom, I'm going to start with you. Um, tell me your thoughts. Quick reflections on the game then. And I think the obvious place to start really is the idea that it was a win. But it was a win marred by Harvey Elliott's injury which now um, it, reports have just been coming out that it looks like a dislocated ankle, which it, it perhaps isn't as bad as it was first maybe feared. So, you know, um, obviously this, the broadcast stopped. They didn't show any of it. So it was lots of question marks over what had actually happened. Um, there were some snippets of like screen replays going around on Twitter and it looked like it could have been a tib-fib break. Uh, but... In some senses, for Harvey Elliott's future, it's perhaps, well, it, it, you know, the players tend to return to the play to the field quicker after an ankle dislocation. Um, e- either way, it's a real blow. He'd obviously started the season brilliantly, and um, it's a real shame to lose him. Um, he looked like <clears throat> looked like he was going to become one of Klopp's project youngsters, um, and Klopp has really put some faith into him starting starting for those three games. It's, it's just really frustrating, given how well he played against Burnley and Chelsea. Um, and how well he'd played there. It's frustratingly, it looked like he was just about to come off as well. But um, but yeah, post match, I don't know if people have probably seen it by now. But he he wound up in the hospital bed next to some young kid who'd just broken his arm playing football and gave him gave him his shirt and one of his boots, which is just you know he he's got he's got that sort of elite professional mentality. So it seems Harvey Elliott. There's there's a lot of, lot to like about obviously the footballer, but um, but about the young man as well. Um, and it's just a real shame that quite a comprehensive three 0 victory is, as I say, marred by that. But in terms of the performance, yeah, another three points, another clean sheet. What more can you ask for, really? I thought the returning Brazilian boys were were our standouts, particularly Fabinho was excellent. But I thought Allison, not necessarily entirely through just his saves, but in in terms of the composure he brings to us at the back, I thought we were just superb um, when it came to periods of the game there were long periods of the game where we were able to just take 10 minutes take the sting out of 10 minutes and and Allison's composure on the ball as well as obviously Van Dijk and Matip at the back there and Fabinho doing his lighthouse role that Linders talks about yeah excellent Thiago really good um aside from obviously giving the ball away to Bamford when he nearly caught Allison off his line but yeah all in all pleasing um in terms of the football played, I thought Salah was ever dangerous. It's great for him to get his hundred goals. Yeah, he's he's Salah's just unplayable on his day. I thought he gave Junior Firpo a, a really tough game. I thought Robertson looked after Rafinha really well. Um, wondered whether Simicast might start, but but yeah, given given the congestion fixture, obviously Harvey Elliott's injury compounding that. Um, be interesting to see who he goes for against Milan on Wednesday, and then obviously Palace at the weekend. I'm sure we'll get some game time for Cater from the start, probably Henderson from the start. Um, I thought Henderson looked good when he came on. 
Um, and yeah, we might well see some some Simicast and Jones. But yeah, so it's it's the on field stuff was pleasing. The Harvey Elliott stuff less so, obviously. But you know, Klopp feels as though he's got the squad to cope cope with it. So let's see. Um, we need a little bit of luck with injuries moving forwards. But if we can keep Joel Matip on the pitch, um, then you know that's that's going to be a big plus. Uh, I thought he was outstanding again today. L- love watching him carry the ball forwards. Uh, there's there's been some funny stuff about it. There's one um, one little meme that I saw of of his face being put over Bilbo Baggins and some little Lord of the Rings quote about him going off on a journey, which I thought tickled me. But yeah, um, don't know what else to say really. Uh, keen keen eye on Wednesday. I think in terms of the confidence of the players. Um, and what they take into the season moving forwards, Wednesday is going to be key. Yeah, I feel feel relatively confident. I think we're we're playing some good stuff, and in, importantly, we're looking tight at the back. Um, it was nice for Sadio Mane to get his goal as well. What, whatever you say about Mane, obviously there's there's the idea that he had ten shots today, and that was one more than Leeds is nine. Um, but but yeah, he's he's a really important player for us, just in terms of this phase of of where we're at with things. Um, so it's going to be really important for us that he. Continued in goal scoring form because um, you know there'd been some concern about him dropping off a little bit. But in terms of his overall performance today, aside from not being as clinical in front of goal as you might like, I thought he caused Leeds problems all day long, um, and that would have pleased Klopp. I think Klopp will also have obviously been pleased, as I mentioned, Thiago performed well. But but just looking at his numbers, he had eighty nine percent pass accuracy, four out of four long passes, two chances created, an assist, and ten out of eleven duels, which. Is great figures really. I don't necessarily know whether we view Thiago as as a key ball winner when we signed him. I certainly didn't. Um, obviously, his his stats bombs bomb radars uh, from his time towards uh, Bayern Munich were impressive in that he was he was achieving highly compared to his peers in in every area of his game. But it, it's it's that side of the game that he's really improved upon. Um, a friend and I were watching in the pub were saying that when he first came, it was alarming how many times you'd just watch the game and you'd find yourself go, oh, Thiago, just from a silly foul and so on. But yeah, to, he's he continues to impress with those defensive numbers. It, it, almost, it's almost as though when you watch the game, you don't necessarily notice it, but you fully expect after the game to see that he's been really impressive in that regard. And, and yeah, it was really good uh, again today. Let's hope we can keep him fit and keep him on the pitch because he's just a top-class footballer. But yeah, as I say, um, aside from the Harvey thing, it's positive. And now I think we've all just got to wish Harvey a speedy recovery. Um, but in terms of in terms of where where he's come to, if you, I mean, if you think a few weeks back, n- nobody was really expecting him to to be a fixture in the first team. Um, let alone it to be such a huge blow for for the team as well as just for the player that he's out injured but yeah it's a credit to the work he's been putting in and obviously how much Klopp trusts him and what's for sure is he'll get a good reception when he comes back um let's hope it doesn't affect his career too much but yeah moving forwards with regard to Milan game um classic Champions League fixture obviously we haven't played them since in the Champions League since the 2007 final so it's a it's it's a lineup with a bit of history to it um in terms of those two finals but yeah I'm 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 confident going into it. I think if we can keep Salah fit and firing, he's going to cause anyone problems. Um, and we're looking solid this season. It's it's reassuring. Cheers, Tom. Ollie, over to you. Okay, so following on from Tom, I'm not going to dwell too much on the Harvey thing. You know, it's so sad, and there's not really much left to say on it that hasn't already been said. So I'm just going to talk about the positives from the game. 
I think I'll touch briefly on some of the players that stood out for me. Um, so I'm going to start with Fab, who was my man of the match in what was a very uh, stacked competition. You know, we had man of the match performances all over the pitch. Uh, but I just think, you know, even without his goal, he was superb. Um, I think at this point, it's almost unfair to call him one of the best you know, defensive midfielders in the world. He's just one of the best midfielders, full stop. He was everywhere, so dynamic, just relieving pressure, cutting out attacks, you know, getting past people at times, really intelligent passing. And another aspect to his game that uh, this match highlighted was that he's one of the best players I've ever seen at picking up a yellow card. You know, it just does not change his game at all. He's just as effective. You know, you look at this game and the 4-0 against Barca, um, in both of them he gets a really early yellow card and then just proceeds to dominate the midfield. Like, you imagine being uh, the other team and you're lining up against Fab and you've got to get past him. Okay, great. Right, who's next? Oh shit, there's Virgil. You know, and then there's Ali. So, you know, we've got an unbelievable spine. Um so next up is uh, Thiago, who was another contender for Man of the Match. Um, you know, his class just completely shone through above above the level of the, of the play in the game. Um, I thought he recycled the ball really well, knew when to hold on to it, when to drive forward. Um, you know, he got into the box. He, you know, you saw his uh, disallowed goal, which I don't think he'll be scoring too many headers for us. But um, uh, his pressing was brilliant. Um, it was really tenacious in the tackle without giving away his sort of trademark silly fouls. Um, and he got the assist. Uh, so it was an almost perfect performance from him by the, you know, the brain fart for uh, Bamford's lob, um, which, by the way, would have gone in if Adrian was there. You know, you think of the one that Rooney scored against him from the halfway line for United and he was just completely hopeless. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad uh, we had our Brazilian boys back. Um so also Trent um, was unreal again. You know, you just run out of things to say about him. Like week after week, he's just putting in these kinds of performances. Um, I think I saw a stat on Twitter that said he'd created 20 chances in four games from right back, which, you know, is just insane. Um, so the centre-backs, I'm just going to group together, um, Joel and Verge, because I really honestly believe they've been as good as each other all season. Um Joel, you know, stepping up the pitch, um, obviously had a big part to play in the first goal, um, which is something he's gotten really good at now. You know, in the past I used to get, I used to really hate it because he'd, you know, often lose the ball and then just be way out of position. But now he really picks his moments and, uh, you know, they're genuinely effective. Um, his weight of pass for the Trent goal was just sublime. Uh, you know, watching it live, I thought he'd sort of underhit it a bit, but it was totally spot on. Um so Mo uh, was sort of second place in this man of the match competition for me. Um, a properly mature performance. Um, I think this version of Mo is the best we've seen, or maybe like the same level as the seventeen eighteen season, which you know that season was all about goals. But now he just is a complete player. You know everything he does seems to be the right decision always. Now um, knows when to give it, when to take the player on, when to shoot. And is just a total leader on the pitch now. Um, I think last season really galvanised that leadership in him because, you know, he, he sort of took it upon himself to drag us out of the mire. Um, you know, since that famous tweet or Instagram post he did, uh, he's just got that extra edge to him now. Um, 
yeah, so moving on, we've got Sadio. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of tweets saying he was rubbish and he, he's done, but I honestly thought he was really good. Um, I think it was important that he did eventually get the goal because uh, if he hadn't, you know, his head would have just dropped through the floor after missing all those chances. Um, you could see he was kind of getting his own head a bit and not acting instinctively. So a lot of the chances that he did miss he, are ones where he had the ball and then there was a lot of time between receiving the ball and then shooting. And in that time, you know, the sort of anxiety in his head was building and he was just so anxious to score that it kind of threw him off. Um, you know, interestingly, with the actual goal was he had no time to think and I think that really helped him. Um, you know, you think of the old uh, match of the day cliche that they always wheel out of... Um, if you're a striker, you shouldn't you shouldn't be worried if um, you're not uh, so you shouldn't be worried if you're not scoring. It should be you should be worried if you're not getting the chances. Um, so you know I, he and based on today, he's getting the chances. You know he's in the right positions. Um, he's involved in the attacks. He he just needs to you know sort out his finishing. And I, then I think we've really got the old Sadio back of two seasons ago. Um, Diogo, I thought was quietly classed today. Um, and I saw a stat that said he created six chances, which was the most uh, the most on the pitch. Uh, so, yeah, just quietly really good. Um, so now I'm just going to give uh, a brief preview of the Milan game. You know, Milan, uh, they're in great form in the league at the moment. They're joint top, um, you know, played 3-1-3. Three, three, so a perfect start. They've scored seven, only conceded two. And uh, just at the weekend, they beat their title rivals, um, Lazio 2-0 um, and in that game uh, Zlatan got fresh with our boy Lucas uh, so as the great Brendan would say well maybe not great but as Brendan would say uh, we should do it for Lucas and give these muggy little slugs a hiding show him what Anfield is all about <laughs> Lucas always knew how to get in a spat but love to see it um, and agree it's a it's a definite tough game coming up against AC Milan. They're in they're in good form. Um, they've improved massively, I think, in the last couple of years. And we spoke about it on the on the transfer podcast. But I think Giroud is is a great acquisition for them. Um, but yeah, Zlatan back and and scoring. But I think if we if we I'll just wrap up then my thoughts and to to add to Tom and Ollie's. Um, I'm also going to focus on the positives. Obviously, the only negative really being the the Harvey Elliott injury. But Fabinho was also my man of the match. I thought it was he was everywhere, and um, it, it highlights the the evolving role I think of Thiago. Um, having Fabinho back in that in that base of of the team not only protects the the back four, but enables people like Thiago to do what he does best, basically. And for me, he was absolutely brilliant. A lot is made of Calvin Phillips, who obviously played against us, and especially as he keeps Henderson out of the England squad since Henderson got his injury midway through last season. I think a lot of Liverpool fans in particular um, are a bit baffled as as to why. So yesterday, I I believe it was a bit of a reality check for him. Um, He came up against two of the best midfielders in the world, in all fairness, in Fabinho and Thiago, and obviously Harvey Elliott started as well and, and was excellent. But... I think we dominated the midfield in its entirety and Thiago was also brilliant and and Henderson when he came on looked absolutely great his progressive passing led to chance after chance after chance but 
Calvin Phillips neither impacted the game on the ball uh, or defensively, which is, you know, you know, if, if he's not going to, they're not expected to obviously have more possession than Liverpool, but he then needs to break up the game more. And I think, well, we had 30 shots. So I don't think um, that was a problem for us at all. Now, don't get me wrong. I think Phillips is a, is a good player and, I actually think he'd slot in quite nicely in our midfield with the, with the high energy in the press and, and he can play with the ball. I think I think he's got almost an underrated um, ability on the ball actually. But his performance kind of personified Leeds in general. They were just a bit all over the place. I've I've never seen a team with such a lack of structure where you have no idea where each player on the pitch is going to pop up, regardless of if they're a right back or a left midfielder. And I think, bar the Rodrigo chance at the start, which, in all honesty, let's be honest, he he should definitely score that, which would change the game completely. I think Leeds carried very, very little threat. And um, I'd also agree with the the massive comments that you've both made. He is fantastic at the moment, possibly the most underrated centre-back in the league. And him and Virgil van Dijk, for me, are the best centre-back partnership in the league, which which may be laughed at by neutrals. Um, certainly other people that I speak to outside of the club don't agree that Matip is a top-class centre-back. But look at our defensive performances in, in the first four games of the season. And, you know, they're both fit. They're both firing. And not enough is made of the return of Matip because he gets a lot of injuries and he comes back as if he was never gone. And he was out for six months last season, which people kind of forget about. And he's just slotted back in. You know, everyone's talking about the return of Virgil van Dijk and is he going to be rusty? But the same applies to Matip. And neither of them look like they're going to be rusty at all. You know, it was a comfortable game for both of them. Um, And my last point, I guess, uh, which hasn't really been spoken about, is just the week that has been dominated by the Ronaldo return. Rightly so, because... United player aside, he is one of the best players to ever grace the football pitch. But for me, Salah has shown why he is the most important player in the league. And I'm in no way suggesting that he is better than Ronaldo and certainly based on Ronaldo's legacy or anything like that. But would I swap him for Ronaldo right now? No chance. And is Ronaldo the player that he was five years ago? No, he's not. So yes, Ronaldo will be a good acquisition for United. He makes them incredibly dangerous. They're, they're going to be, you know, a real threat to the title, I think. And I'm sure he's going to score a lot of goals. But Mo Salah, make no mistake about it, is the top player in this league, I think. Um, and he was so, so sharp yesterday. And I, I guess the difference of him and Ronaldo now is that Ronaldo can't do those other aspects of his game anymore, which is understandable. You know, he's, he's 36. He, he's an elite finisher, a better finisher than Mo Salah. But he is an elite finisher now and an elite finisher only. Whereas Mo Salah, uh, Oli alluded it to it as well, that he's now one of the best creators in the league as well. Some of his crossing and like his outside of the boot free balls and stuff like that. He's just unplayable when he's on form like this. And I'm so pleased that he's reached the 100 Premier League goals, the fifth fastest to do so. Um, and I agree that um, Mane was... Very frustrating in front of goal, but I, I disagree with those who are saying he's he's lost it. He he was a real threat, and although he could have had feasibly, you know, five goals, that's not even an, an, an over exaggeration. I think um, none of the Leeds players would have wanted to continue that game playing against him because we were literally carving them open time and time again. Um, and finally, I do think it's important to to just talk about the the red card because. Um, 
again on Twitter, I've seen some ridiculous comments from journalists and fans uh, saying that it's a premeditated, dangerous tackle. I think in the eyes of the law, yes, the red card should probably be given. We've seen them done, uh, given before for tackles like that. And ultimately, obviously, it did endanger an opponent. But looking at the tackle, I just can't see how it possibly could could be construed that he's meant to injure Harvey Elliott there. And you've got to feel sorry for the lad as well. Um, so all the fans who are criticising Struich and uh, thinking that he's gone out to hurt Harvey Elliott, I couldn't agree. Uh, well, I couldn't disagree more with what's being said on, on Twitter and, well, some of the people I've spoken to. I feel sorry for him that... that uh, he's obviously going through that now because I'm, I'm sure it's a horrible thing knowing that you've done that to uh, not just a player, but, you know, a young a young boy. So, um, yeah, I, I completely disagree with that. And I personally don't think it was a red card, although I do understand in the eyes of the law why it was given. But that's it from us. Um, four games in, 1-3, drawn one, joint top, AC Milan to come. Great to have fans back at the Champions League, up the Reds.